all pastors have one thing in common as they think about the messages uh, regarding Christmas. It's how, how do I how do I not say something that they've already heard before? What do I preach? I, you know, I, well, I preached that you know last year or the year before, and uh, and believe it or not, it can be really difficult for pastors to really get settled on this is the message I know uh, God wants me to preach. Uh, you know, God doesn't send us an email or a text message, or um, I never received a phone call from the Lord saying, "Okay, here it is." Now listen carefully. But God has a way of. Uh, of laying certain messages on our heart, and it's not always what you know we might we might think that we'd rather preach. And one thing about it, I remember a fellow named Charles Tremendous Jones, and he's the fellow that that coined the phrase "kiss, keep it simple, stupid." And I've found that it's pretty good advice about the greatest compliment that someone give a preacher is that was so simple a child could understand it well that's the way it ought to be that's the way it ought to be there are a lot of difficult complex things in the bible that we could spend a lot of time talking about but boy when it gets right down to the very basic rock bottom foundation of our belief it's not that difficult to figure out god's not trying to confuse us I'm so glad that He's given us the record of His Word and that we can depend upon it. Christmas has been called the most wonderful time of the year, and I can see why people would think that, because it's all about the one whose name is wonderful. We talked about that last week, and every year we could spend a lot of time looking at all of the details of Christmas. We'd spend many hours talking about the prophecies and promises related to it. I, for the last two weeks, I've been thinking about, what am I going to preach today? And my first thought was, I'm going to preach about the king. But you realize how much the Bible has to say about the kingdom of God, the king. He is the king. You literally could spend hours talking about that. And then for whatever reason, I thought, no, I'm going to preach about the first Christmas tree. That's something that generally most people don't even take time to read. And there in Matthew, the genealogy, that Christmas tree, where you go back and trace the kind of people that God uses. I preached it a few years ago here. And uh, I was tempted to preach that again. But if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to keep it as simple as possible. We could talk about all the different people, the events and the details and everything. We could, e we could even sum it all up in one word, Emmanuel, God with us. I preached that Christmas in a word. That's it. Emmanuel. God with us. But here is a simple explanation as to why we celebrate Christmas. 
this one short verse, verse 9, or verse 15 of chapter 9. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. That is the perfect verse for Thanksgiving or for Christmas or any other time. Doesn't make any difference what time of the year it is. Doesn't make any difference, you know, who the audience is. That, that is a perfect gift or a perfect message for mankind. Thanksgiving ought to be something that takes place every day in our life. And if you read the verses before this, you'll see that Paul has been speaking to the church at Corinth about the blessings that he's received from that church, those who had supported him. And, and as a pastor, I can identify with that. I've often made this statement, as Brother Kenneth has also, thanking God for this church and for what this church has provided for us, what the church has done for us. We are so very thankful for that. And believe me, it's not that way with a lot of pastors. Believe me, it's not that way with a lot of churches. A lot of folks, you know, they treat a pastor like, uh, like a piece of used furniture. He gets a scratch on it or something, or they want a new model comes out and they get rid of him and let's find an, uh, a new one. But thank God, this is a church that has always been known for supporting its pastors and I'm so thankful. And Paul, keeping in mind all of the great difficulties that Paul was going through, and Paul takes the time to thank them for their generosity. Thank them for caring and, and helping support him. And all of a sudden, in the middle of all of this, it's so that he just bursts forth with these words, Thanks be unto God. For his unspeakable gift. You know, we live in strange, sad times today when we think about God has been basically banned from government. I mean, however you want to look at it, that's about what it amounts to. Not only that, but he's been expelled from our school systems. You know, you're not supposed to talk about God and re religious stuff. And he's forgotten about in most families. It, it reminds me of the little boy, you know, in school and and he was to uh, write a paper, as all of them were, uh, on the founding of America, but could not use any religious words. Well, how do you talk about the founding of America without getting God involved in the conversation? Well, this little boy figured it out, and this is what he wrote. He said the pilgrims came here seeking freedom of you-know-what, they landed at Plymouth Rock and gave thanks to you-know-who. Because of them, we can worship each Sunday you-know-where. That's a smart kid. I'm telling you what, he figured it out. And a lot of folks still haven't figured it out yet, you know. We could, uh, we could just go on forever thanking God for all of the things that, he, that He's done in our life. But, but most of all, right on the top of the list is Christ, His own dear Son. And as you think about this verse today, I, I want you to think about three things. First of all, I want you to notice the expression of gratitude. Thanks. That's as simple as it gets. Thanks. And as He's been giving thanks to that church, now He's giving thanks to God. By the way, that's appropriate. For the Christians to give thanks, that will be as natural as breathing. 
it, it kind of reminds me sometimes of, of uh, some of the music directors and what have you, ha have a real tough job in getting folks to participate. And uh, a lot of pastors will, will get involved in trying to uh, get people, you know, involved in the song service. Stand up, clap your hands, shout hallelujah, uh, turn to your right, turn to your left. Let me tell you something. If we've got to do that, wh why are you doing what you do? Just sit down and shut up. Uh, you say, well, you, uh, look, God didn't call me to be a cheerleader. That's not my job. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm a preacher. And the truth of God's Word ought to be the thing that excites us because it is true. And, and it, there's nothing more appropriate than to thank God whenever you consider the greatness of the gift that God has given to us. It, as I said, it ought to be like breathing. I don't have to stop and think and say, okay, I better take another breath, you know. No, I, I just do it. I don't need to think about it. And yet so many times we fail in that area to really thank God. It's appropriate. It's acceptable. Uh, if uh, someone were to ask you today, why, why are you here? Or why do you do what you do? Well, I don't know about you, but I, I would probably say something about because I want it to be well-pleasing to the Lord. I want it to be acceptable to God. And I suspect there are a lot of things that are associated with, with what we call worship that's not acceptable to God. I've been in some churches, and by the way, I, the churches I'm talking about are Baptist, so I know where some of you are going to go. Your mind's going to go to the charismatic churches and think about, yeah, that's the way they do. I've been in Baptist churches where I've seen them jump over pews, run up and down the aisle. You'd be trying to preach, and they're running up and down the aisle and, and, and literally walking on the top of the pews and screaming and shouting to the point that people couldn't even hear. What, what is that all about? Kathy, when she was just a kid, she was in the service I'm talking about. I, I won't go into a lot of details, but the preacher had preached on something related to a storm. And believe it or not, just as the service ended, a big clap of thunder, and I mean it was a downpour. And they went running. Uh, uh, I, I say they, I'm talking about a big number of preachers I'm talking about. Baptist preachers running out across the field in the rain, I, I don't know, maybe they had some information I didn't have, but uh, I didn't see anything spiritual about that. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't want to get wet for one thing. <laughs> Ties cost money. and I hope, I hope I'm being clear about, I, look, I believe in emotions. I believe that we ought to express our emotions as the Spirit of God prompts us. And it is appropriate, it's a pleasing to God whenever we do. But genuine thanksgiving is not something that we've got to put on display before the world. But by the same token, in the giving of thanks, that's something we do. That's different than just being thankful. Everybody here probably would say, I'm so thankful for what God has done done in my life well good 
do you give Him thanks? Whether, whether, it, whether it's verbally to other people, whether it is in song, or however, we are to give God the thanks. Amen. And by the way, that's advantageous. Now, don't get me wrong. When I say advantageous, I'm not talking about the profit that we get out of it. It's the profit that God gets. That's the most important thing about it all. It's knowing that what we've done in the giving of thanks to God that pleases God. By the way, that works to our advantage. When we please the Lord, we always benefit as a result of it. How, how could we profit from something so simple as giving God thanks? Well, for one thing, it would, um, it would deter us from sin. If you look in Ephesians chapter 5 and and especially get down to verse 3, and there's some horrible, awful, terrible sins that are mentioned in verse 3 and 4. And if you look at that, talking about people that disobey God, that disappoint God, but whenever you look at it, you see that that is said in the context here of, of the opposite of evil. In other words, it is the, just as those sins are extremely evil, thanksgiving is extreme in the other direction it is absolutely pleasing to God as awful as those sins are we could say it is that wonderful to just give thanksgiving to God and so it would keep us from sin just knowing that we want to please God and we're not going to we're going to be thankful rather than go ahead and indulge in all of these sinful activities that would deliver us from a lot of sadness Gratitude is the great gateway to, to, to gladness. Gratitude, just being grateful. And some folks say, well, I'll tell you what, I would be so happy. I'd be so, I'd be so grateful if, if I could just get this or just get that. You know, there's some little kids you are looking forward to Christmas time, and they've already got their Christmas list. They wanted this or that or the other. They've already told Grandma and Grandpa and Mom and Dad and all of them there. Got their list they want, and they're going to be so disappointed if they don't get it, you know. A lot of folks live their life like that. If, you know, I'd be happy if God would just do this for me or that for me. Let me tell you, if it takes something other than where you are in life to make you happy, you wouldn't be happy with whatever it is. That wouldn't make you happy. You say, boy, I'd be thankful, I'd be grateful, I'd be happy for the rest of my life if I had a million dollars. If you're not happy now, you wouldn't be happy with that. You'd be trying to figure out a way how to get more, how to way to keep what you've got. I'm telling you, the, the best safeguard against sin in our life is to be so grateful to God that our primary desire is to delight Him by giving Him thanks. And when we think about... What Christmas is all about, the birth of baby Jesus, God incarnate in the flesh. And not only does this express gratitude, but notice the next phrase. It speaks of the exaltation of God. It says, thanks be unto God. You know, and of all of the things that, that we can do to please God, in a sense, this might be the most important. Why? Because our chief purpose in life is to glorify God. 
that, that's why God allows you and I to exist. That's one thing all of us can do. You don't have to be rich to glorify God. You don't have to have a graduate degree from some uh, big university to, to glorify God. You can be bankrupt and sick as a dog and have all kinds of problems. And yet, even in the midst of all of your difficulties, you can glorify God. And that's what pleases God. That is the fulfillment of our purpose how do we do that? By, we do that by extolling the virtues of God. Have you ever just stopped and think about all of the attributes of God? Oh, I know we all we generally just settle on the, the one that says, well, God is holy. It says, God is holy, holy, holy. Or we, maybe we advance to the one about the fact that God is love. That's another attribute of God. My, there's a long list of things that identify who God is and what God does. And the more you think about those things, the greater appreciation you have for what God has done in your life. To think about the all-seeing, all-knowing, omnipresent God the one who designed the universe, the one who created the entire universe, that he would, uh, he would pay any attention to someone like me or you or us. And yet he does. Thanks be unto God. It's one thing, you know, to be thankful for other people and what they do. I, uh, I think that's a good lesson for the younger generation to learn. You better learn to thank God for mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, or whoever it is. Be thankful for for others that have made contribution in your life some way or another. But God's behind it all. Don't ever forget, you know, it, the blessing might come to you by means of another person, but it's God who's working behind the scenes that sets the stage and brings the blessing. He's the one deserving of the praise regardless of, regardless of how you get it. And we ought to remain focused on that. We think about this being the Christmas season of the year and we celebrate the birth of Christ. And we need to keep our focus on Him looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Thanks be unto God, notice, for His unspeakable gift. That's the third thing, the exceptional gift. I don't know about you, but as I read this chapter, it seems like that Paul gets down to that place as he's talking about giving thanks to others that suddenly, even when he says, thanks be unto God, that he reaches the point that he is at a loss for words. For his unspeakable gift. You know, there are times whenever you make your very best effort to exalt the Lord, you might exhaust your vocabulary. It doesn't take me very long to do that. I often wondered why, back when I started out preaching, why, uh, why anybody, and I'm being serious when I say this, why anybody, any church would ask me to come and, come and preach. I, uh, I, I couldn't understand it. 
I mean, I'm a hillbilly from the Ozarks, and I, it's Missouri, not Missouri, and Bev's been the only English teacher I've ever had, and bless her heart, I, I'm not a very good learner, and uh, she's still working on me, though. But sometimes you just reach the point, you're trying to think of, what word could I use? What phrase? What could I do? How could I put this to where it would just grab somebody by the throat and they would never, ever forget how wonderful Jesus is? And I think that's kind of where Paul is. Thanks be unto God. He could have stopped there, but he didn't. For his, notice, and he didn't just say gift, for his unspeakable gift. The gift that he's talking about is unspeakable. There are no words to describe it. It's unequal. Nothing you can compare it to. There's no gift like the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation that he provides. It's unending. Jesus said, you know, that he gives us what? Everlasting life. It's unending. You know, you get a lot of things that you lose or a lot of things that somebody steals, or a lot of things that breaks or wears out, right? But whenever you receive life, spiritual life from the Lord Jesus Christ, that is unending. I feel sorry for these, these dear people that have it in their mind that they can be saved today and lost tomorrow, that they can lose their salvation. How, how do you lose something that is eternal? Tell me that. If it's eternal today and you lose it tomorrow, it wouldn't have been eternal yesterday. Thank God that this is an unending gift. And that's why, that's why Paul, this is unspeakable. This is unimaginable. Nobody else can give you anything, anything that is unending, anything that will last forever. But Jesus does. And it's all unearned, by the way. It's not by works which ye have done, the Bible says. A lot of folks are dependent upon their, well, it might be baptism, it might be their church membership, their faithfulness to the church, their generosity to the church, or whatever, being a good neighbor. Thousand and one things. They're hoping, they're hoping that maybe this will be enough that God will accept me. It doesn't work that way. When we talk about the gift of God's Son, this is something that is unearned and it's undeserved. For by grace, grace are you saved. It's not by works, but rather it's a gift of God. No wonder Paul is excited about giving God thanks for his dear son. We don't deserve it. Let me say something else about that gift. It is the most useful, the most personal, useful matter, situation, in your life. And I say that because it literally changes the way, not only the way you think about going to heaven when you die, it changes the way you think about everything in your life. Changes the way you think about uh, other people. Before I saved, I didn't really care much of what anybody thought about me. I'm ashamed of it now to even tell you I uh, Bev can, could tell you when we got married shortly after that I, I come you know in just one of those lay down the law kind of attitude you know I'm going to tell you what when I want to go fishing I'm going fishing when I am going want to go hunting I'm going to go hunting I don't care 
what you think about it, there's no, going to be no question about it. That was my stupid attitude. How does a marriage work out when you're married to a jerk with an attitude like that? By the grace of God, that's how it works out. I'm glad that when God saved me, He did not just forgive me of all of my sins. He did not just assure me I'd go to heaven when I die. He changed the way that I thought and the way that I acted toward other people. And that change started immediately. By the way, it's still going on. I'm glad when He saved me, He didn't say, okay, now... you're going to have to work your way from this bar stool to that bar stool. And if you get all the way down there, I'll save you. know, He gave me eternal life right then. At that very moment. And He changed the desires of my heart. There couldn't be anything more wonderful happened to a person than to know Christ as their Savior. And here's one more thing about it. It's universal. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. This is not a gift that's reserved for some select few somewhere. As it says over in Hebrews chapter 2, He by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Wow. How incredible is that? Doesn't make any difference who you are, what you've done, how rotten your life is. The Lord loves you. You know, we can all think of certain sins, vile sins that God hates, but God loves the sinner. We can think of those awful sins that people commit. And sometimes they seem to be so offensive. How, how can they dare live that way? That is so awful, so ugly. And we got an unlimited vocabulary, it seems, of the way that we want to describe our our feeling toward people like that. Let me tell you, if the Lord loves them, you better learn to love them. God loves you. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, He loves you. He loves you to the extent that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, the thing that makes God's gift so wonderful is first of all, the giver. That's what makes it wonderful because when you get something from God, you know it's going to be good. And then the gift, but also the gain that you derive from it. And, and, and whoever you are here today, you can receive that gift. Wouldn't it be great? Somebody asked you, what did you get for Christmas? And you say, eternal life. Wow, what a Christmas this would be. There's an old song that says, I just started living. I just started living. And that's the way it is with salvation. You just start living. And it's up to you whether you receive or reject Christ. Years ago in, in London, there at the, uh, it was at the South, South African uh, place to where they, they sent deliveries from and there was a box to be delivered and they delivered it to the person or contacted the person and uh, said, no, I'm not, uh, not going to pay those exorbitant uh, fees. Uh, you keep it. I don't know what's in it. And, and so I, I'm not paying for it. So they just kept it there in the 
what they called the post office, and it would just become a footstool. That went on for 14 years. Finally, they what are we going to do with this thing? We can't open it. It belongs to this man. Fourteen years afterwards, that man died. And so they decided, okay, then it would be lawful for us to put it up for auction. Some man bought it real cheap. And uh, whenever he opened it up, he discovered that there were several thousand pounds of, of English banknotes in there. Worth, I, I don't have any idea how much, but it was a fortune. And that man missed all of that because he wouldn't even pay the delivery fee. Now here's better news. Listen, there is no delivery fee when it comes to salvation. It doesn't cost you anything. It's all free. That's the way a gift is. If I said, okay, here's a $100 bill and you know, if you'll come up here, uh, I'll give it to you. And you think, well, no, I'm not getting up out of my seat. Well, you would, ne- you w- would never get it. It would require some effort on your part. You say, well, preacher, how, how do I become a Christian? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you trust Him to save your soul. You say, well, what's the basis? Why should I trust Him? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, and there's not a person in this building, not a person in the world that's not a sinner. Every person needs salvation. Every person needs forgiveness. And the only way it can be is through the shedding of blood. And the only one that could provide a sacrifice that was sufficient for our salvation is one who is sinless. And that's Jesus. God's gift to man. And God is offering you today that gift of salvation. And my only question is, will you receive it? We're all going to stand. We're going to extend the invitation, but the David's going to come. Our musicians, and while we sing, if you're here today, you say, preacher, I've been putting this off for years. I know, I know that I, I need to be saved and I just keep making excuses. Well, why don't you stop today? Stop making excuses. And today, just come and say, I'm placing my faith in Jesus Christ. You say, well, what have I got to do? Do I, do I have to repeat something? All you have to do is just place your faith in the Lord. You can do that right where you're at, by the way. Yeah. You don't have to come down here and pray. We just, we, if, if you're willing to place your trust in Christ, we'd sure like for you to come and let us know. We want to rejoice with you. That'd make every Christian in this, happy, uh, in this room happy just to know that you receive Christ. So while we sing, if God's speaking to your heart, or it might be, you say, well, preacher, I've been saved for many, many years. Maybe you just want to sit down or kneel down and say thank you, Lord, for your unspeakable gift. The best I know how, I want to thank you for what you've done in my life. Whatever, you let God have his way while we sing.